They go to the Maple Club for more clues, and there's a dude there who's tweaking out on a bad batch of fizzle rocks called G for gargoyle. But, theory, maybe the G is it's for, for glass! And welcome to our Riverdale podcast, brought to you by the Aficionados Podcast Network. My name is Robin Jeffrey. I'm a 24-year-old actor and drama instructor. Oh, this is new. I like brooding anti-heroes and feminist agendas, and I have way too much knowledge regarding details that no one else remembers. I run at the Hundred Script on Twitter. You can follow me personally at Robin E. Jeffrey, pretty much everywhere. Um, if I could be sponsored by any business, so for example, like Archie is sponsored by Pops. Yes, I would be sponsored by Chapters Indigo, which is basically the Barnes and Noble of Canada. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's a great choice. But that's because we decided that we didn't want it to be a clothing company. Yeah, because it's not because Pops is a restaurant, right? Um, but if I could have an apparel store, I would love to see what a boxer sponsored by Hot Topic would look like. I I'm just gonna guess black with skulls. Oh. Maybe some studs. Just Riverdale merch. Yeah, it actually yeah uh, yeah. Actually, you'd just be wearing Archie's outfit because they would sell it. Okay, but what are the odds that they're actually going to sell that? Who knows? Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Okay. And my name is Brittany Ray. I'm a 29-year-old journalist from beautiful post-apocalyptic Vancouver, BC. I like badass moms and long naps. I'm on Twitter at Britannia, where I've been found attempting to be interesting and talking about my cat. And if I could be sponsored by anyone's restaurant, it would be Guy Fieri's Vegas Kitchen and Bar. Okay. Thank you. Congrats. Because Robin thought my answer was going to be Olive Garden. And you know what? I considered that. <laughs> and then I thought, Guy Fieri. Mm-hmm. He would put together a pair of box- boxing boxers that would have flames on them. Yep. And I'm at peace with that. Okay. Okay. Before we go into the episode, you might have noticed that this episode came out on Monday instead of Sunday this week. Um, and we just wanted to let you guys know that for the remainder of season three, the Riverdale podcast will be going out on Monday because um, the hundred is about to start and we'll be doing two podcasts a week. So we're going to need that extra day um, because ouch. So the hundred podcast is going to be going out on Sunday and the Riverdale podcast is going to be going out on Monday. So you still have two days. Um, well, all of Monday, basically all of Tuesday, most of Wednesday, you still have like three days to listen to the podcast before the next episode comes out. But if you are a Patreon sponsor, you'll still be getting it on Sunday because you get it a day early uh, on Patreon. I may collapse from the stress. I'm so excited. Mm. Yeah. Today we have words to say about episode 318 of Riverdale, Jawbreaker. Uh, so Jawbreaker is a 1999 American black comedy film. It stars a bunch of people as girls in an exclusive clique in their high school. There's a non-speaking cameo role as the murdered leader of the group. The film was inspired by the 1988 film Heathers and is often compared to it, particularly the plot involving a popular female clique and the ostensibly accidental killing of one of its members. Um, of his concept for the film, Stein has stated the Jawbreaker just came to represent the duality of the poppy sweetness of the girls of high school and of youth versus the whole idea that this thing could break your jaw. Similarities have been drawn between Jawbreaker and the 2004 Mean Girls, which is the exact same thing that I said at the end of last episode. Yep. But I always like to say it again because sometimes it can shed some new light after you've actually seen the episode. I don't know why it's called this. Oh, oh, I did think of the thing. Candy. Store. Another candy. Oh, oh, jingle oh, jangle. Yeah, oh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Fizzle rocks. Mm-hmm. Jawbreaker. Candy. Teeth. Okay, great. Brittany, toot or boot? Like, I don't want to boot it because it yeah. wasn't bad. Yeah. It was just a filler episode. Fully, yeah. I didn't really, I'm like, okay, so what really changed? Nothing. I was, I was thinking about this earlier, is nothing happened in this episode. Because it, even with Betty's storyline, which I think is like the biggest storyline... Nothing happens. Nothing really happens because it's like Alice is in with the farm. Uh, then she takes her away from the farm and then Alice is back in the farm, you know? Yep. And then with Cheryl, the only thing that has changed is instead of Cheryl being Betty Small, Tony's Betty Small. So Betty still has a mole. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Everything is the exact same except that Tony is now wearing white. Kurtz was taken in and now Jellybean's in danger. That's about it. I feel like that's probably the biggest development of I think so, too. Yeah. Too. So, um, yeah, I also don't think that the episode was bad. I didn't really have any reason to, like, praise it that much, though, either. So I guess I'm going to give it a newt. Yeah, if newt is still an option for yeah. us, like, because we make the rules, but yeah. really fashion photo review on YouTube, which you should watch if you watch RuPaul's Drag Race, um, they make the rules. Yeah. So, sorry, Raja, it's a newt. Yeah. It's going to be a newt. It's, an, it's, it's a newt from me. Yeah. But if there are tears of newt, I will give it a newt on the side of toot. Yes, I absolutely agree. (laughs) Okay, great. Cool, all right, well, let's get started. So I broke it up into Cheryl, Veronica and Archie, 
Jughead, and Betty. So yeah. I figured we would st- do it in that order. Um, okay, so here is my summary of the Cheryl storyline. Mm-hmm. Cheryl starts using her status as studio bottom... Studi body president. Okay. Studi body. Calm down. Okay. Cheryl starts using her status as student body president as a way to recruit for the farm. Tony goes to Betty for help. Betty gives Tony the video of Jason's murder to remind Cheryl that he's dead AF. She shows her the footage, but Cheryl says it must have been doctored. Evelyn tells Tony to stop hurting Cheryl by trying to take her out of the farm because they help her more than Tony does. Tony doesn't believe that. Tony seduces Cheryl out of going to help the farm, and Evelyn forces Cheryl to choose between Jason and Tony. To keep Cheryl, Tony joins the farm, but she's just a mole for Betty. Cool. Cool. (laughs) Okay. Um... So, okay, so I had a couple thoughts about this. Okay. Um, when you and I were watching the episode, my primary thought was that um, Cheryl's denial of the footage that's in front of her is obviously supposed to be sort of like the extremist right wing thing that's going on in our world right now, mm-hmm. where like facts can be in front of your face, but someone will say, oh, that's not real. Mm-hmm. Like it's doctored. So I think that's like what they're trying to do with the farm where, you know, it's very much like a Nixium thing. It's, they're mixing a lot of real world, like, metaphors in. Yeah. And I don't know if it's working, but I guess from what they were trying to do, this was supposed to be, like, quote unquote, fake news sort of thing. I know that we've talked about this before, but I feel like us having both listened to the CBC podcast about Nixium has really shone a really interesting light on this season's farm storyline so Mm -hmm. i urge people if you're looking for more podcasts and you like i guess you could kind of call it true crime it's definitely true crime um yeah yeah, you should check out the cbc podcast uncovered uh season one is all about nixium which is a crazy cult that's just been out in the news recently yeah actually um i think a couple days ago they indicted allison mack finally yeah um still waiting to hear about what happened to nikki klein (laughs) she was on battlestar galactica (laughs) I just think, like, when they're all walking down the hallway in, like, slow motion <laughs> stuff, and Fangs literally both times are walking down the hallway, it's just Drew being like, I am walking now! Yo, hold up, though. Of that squad, that's, like, three quarters LGBT. Yes? Yeah. Kevin, yeah. Fangs, Cheryl, and then, oh. And then Tony. Yeah, in the end, Tony, too. So that's four out of five. I mean, I mean, what are we to say about Evelyn? We don't well, know anything about it, right? Okay, so here's the thing, though. Um, and this is just now coming to me and now I'm kind of like pupset. All of the Riverdale, like LGBTQIA community are being brainwashed and um, by a cult. I don't love that. Especially when the cult is supposed to be like an allegory for like cults and right wing extremism. Right. Um, hmm, that's interesting. I mean, certainly it's not, they're not the only people. Yeah. But I do find it interesting that every single character is now in that cult. Right. I mean, we have no way of knowing. Like, I mean, obviously, Kevin's... Kevin was upset about Moose, but Kevin has a really good family life. Mm -hmm. And I thought maybe if they had, like, they'd been having trouble with, like, where they're actually living, then there was that was a reason for the farm to take them in. Yeah. I mean, that was what Edgar explained to Betty was... just making things up. Was... It's a safe haven. So I guess for Kevin, maybe it's a safe haven from Midge, even though I'm sure he sees dead Midge. I've got nothing. Okay, yeah, I don't know. I, I don't... I, this is the problem with this whole plot line, which is why Griffin the Gargoyles is so much more interesting, is everyone's just kind of like, why are these people joining the farm? Mm-hmm. Like, I still don't 100% know. Right. They're like one glimpse of like what mental health treatment looks like, and they're like, oh... I'm all in on that. Yeah, I want that for And I'm sure. like, pay a professional. Mm-hmm. Jordan Connor is busy off yonder being in the Looking for Alaska miniseries on Hulu. Mm-hmm. So he's not in this episode because if he was... Oh, Sweepy. Yeah. If he was, he would grab Fangs and be like, what are you doing? Oh, that's true. Yeah. So yeah, if his boyfriend was around, maybe he would stop. Every- Except for maybe Kevin is his boyfriend now? Is okay, you know though you know that things are bad when Sweet Pea is the get a grip friend. <laughs> yeah, that's true. But like I wish we could get some more clarity on Kevin and Fangs because they literally like they sang a song, they kissed once, and now they're just like they seem like they're pretty much the same and they just kind well, of look at each other sometimes. Yeah, I mean things don't really evolve in Riverdale the way they would organically between humans. Yeah. So I'm I'm guessing they'll probably forget all about that, or it'll come up at an unexpected time and we'll be like, oh, we thought they forgot that, but they remembered to tie up that loose end. Nice. <laughs> well, excuse the <laughs> fuck out of me. All right. I guess they 
don't agree. I guess not. Jughead calls it Invasion of the Body Snatchers, which of course is an iconic horror film. Mm -hmm. Would you like to hear more about it? I would love to hear more about a movie I've seen, yes. Yes, of course. Mm -hmm. Um, This is from Wikipedia. Okay. Invasion of the Body Snatchers is a 1956 American science fiction horror film. Would you agree? I I would agree so far. Right. The film's storyline concerns an extraterrestrial invasion that begins in the fictional California town of Santa Mira. Would you agree so far? I'm still agreeing. Great. Alien plant spores have fallen from space and grown into large seed pods, each one capable of reproducing a duplicate replacement copy of each human. I still agree. Great. As each pod reaches full development, it assimilates the physical characteristics, memories, and personalities of each sleeping person placed near it. These duplicates, however, are devoid of all human emotion. Little by little, a local doctor uncovers this quiet invasion and attempts to stop it. Would you say that that Wikipedia article is correct? It is absolutely correct. Okay, my next question. Didn't Betty promise to delete the Jason footage? Yeah, but Betty doesn't keep promises. I know, I'm just like, I don't know, I assumed that she did. And we never got any, as far as I remember, we didn't get any indication that she had hadn't deleted it. Okay, here's the thing. Logically, in terms of it being Betty, it makes sense that she kept a backup. Mm-hmm. It is very convenient, though. Yes. Um, oh, my next thing was, she really out here with murder evidence just chilling on her laptop? Yeah, I feel like the stuff that I keep on my laptop is, like, Drag Race lip syncs mm-hmm. and um, videos of my cat. Yeah. Betty keeps murder. A lot of gifts. Yeah. I mean, Betty and I have the same computer, mm-hmm. um, but we really use them in very different ways. Mm-hmm. I think so. Um, before, and correct me if I'm wrong. I will. Before, like, last episode, which, I mean, was three weeks ago, but Mm. Cheryl knew Jason was dead. For sure. Not only just how did the farm change her mind, but why did the farm change her mind? Like, that doesn't, I don't understand what, what, what is a pro for the farm of making Cheryl delusional like that. Like, I understand what the pro is for the farm in Alice's case, being like, oh, he's actually alive, but, like, Cheryl knew that her brother was dead. It's her literal brother. He's literally dead. She knew him. Like, it just doesn't make sense for the farm to choose to make Cheryl believe that Jason's alive. That doesn't make sense. You're completely correct. And that also sort of launches into the discussion of the general premise of the episode, which doesn't work either, Mm. which is we have to prove to people that their loved ones are dead. That doesn't work because they already knew their loved ones were dead. Right. So, and the logic doesn't work either because both Cheryl and Alice don't have to be convinced that they're dead because they're talking to the dead. Yeah. So they already know that they're dead and they're talking to spirits. Yeah, like Tony says to Cheryl, Cheryl, Jason is a ghost. I'm right here. Yeah. Right? So it doesn't, I just don't understand why the farm wouldn't want them to think they're ghosts. Like Evelyn says, we're helping Cheryl. We're trying to help her. But when you tell her brother who, when you tell her that her super dead brother is alive, that's not helping. Like talking to her brother's spirit, you know, in quotation marks. Makes way more sense. Helpful, helpful for closure, helpful for everything. This is just, it's the opposite of closure. It's opening her back up to all of these terrible things. And and I guess it's to emotionally manipulate them into, you know, discovering or realizing that the farm is their only form of emotional support. Mm. Because it's very much like an abuser to like, be like, I am the only thing that believes you or loves you. Mm -hmm. But the logic of it makes no sense because before this episode, both Alice and uh, Cheryl were talking about how their loved ones were dead. Mm -hmm. And they knew that. And Alice Alice has mentioned that Charles is dead. Mm -hmm. So she's talking to his ghost. So was there any need to prove that he's dead when she already knew that? I think it's different in Alice's case because she thought that Charles was dead and now she doesn't think Charles is dead. But it's different. Yeah, it's different. But if they hadn't also applied that logic to Cheryl, Mm, then mm -hmm. I would agree with you. But since they did apply that logic to Cheryl, the whole thing falls apart and you realize that this episode was useless in a lot of ways. Mm -hmm. Um, Tony says, like, Cheryl, have you even, have you ever hugged Jason? And she's like, (laughs) yeah, obviously. Okay, so no. Yeah. So... That makes me think that it isn't a person like we thought maybe it was. Maybe we, we thought that maybe they were taking fizzle rocks. Yeah, oh, that's right. There was an actual person there. It's seeming like maybe that's not true. Maybe a statue, just like the Gargoyle King? Could be, but then why isn't she allowed to go up and hug him? Because if she hugs it, she'll know he's a statue? Yeah, but if I was Cheryl, I'd be like, oh my god, my brother, let's go hug him, you know? Oh yeah, what logic does the farm use to say, no, you can't touch him? Yeah. Uh, maybe that, well, again, because then they have to say, hey, he's dead because he'd be a non-corporeal being. Yeah. This is, 
this is why the logic of this episode didn't make any sense and I'm mad at it. Mm-hmm. I'm like, you could have done something else here. Yeah. Um, this is just a dumb blooper thing, but um, Tony washes her hands, doesn't dry them, and then turns around to see Evelyn and her hands are dry. <laughs> you like, know how it is. Like, she, her hands are kind of, like, hidden, right? So it's like, who knows? Maybe they are wet. But she crosses her arm, and, and I'm like, you're just making wet spots on your shirt. Maybe she dried her hands on her pants, and we just didn't see it. Well, there was a pretty, it was pretty quick. I kind of tried to look for that. But, okay. So, I don't know. Anyway. um, Oh, my last thing about this storyline was just, I would hate to have to wear white all the time. Oh, my God. Ugh. Yeah. That's a nightmare. Not only for the regular reasons that people who get periods would think that's a nightmare, but also sweat stains. Mm-hmm. Like, what if what if one shade of white was slightly different from another shade of white? I I just feel like so many different white clothing is see-through that I'm like, I would never wear white leggings, which is like half of my wardrobe is just leggings. My entire wardrobe is leggings. Yeah. Yeah. I could never wear white leggings because you can see through them. I can't wear white shirts because you can see through them. Like you'd have to buy all new underwear mm-hmm. because you can't use like white underwear because it doesn't work. You have to buy whatever color of nude is the right nude for you underwear. Yeah, bye. I'm not. This is that. way too. You know what? The farm isn't worth it for the wardrobe requirements alone. Agree. Do you have anything else about that storyline? No. Okay, great. So now we have to talk about Archie. I'm gonna say something upsetting. Mm-hmm. I'm okay talking about Archie today. Okay. Okay. I have found Archie much more tolerable as of late. Yeah. Um, and that is a true feat. Mm-hmm. that I would like to congratulate the writers on. I love Veronica, but I find Archie a lot more tolerable when he is not dating Veronica. Yes. Um, and it doesn't even really feel... Like, one of the things that I wanted from Archie, even from season one, was for him to just not date anybody. I mean, you've been let, saying it for years. Just let Archie not date anybody. Yep. It's okay for him. Like, I understand that part of Archie's character is that him not dating somebody makes him feel insecure. And, like, you know, he, like, really needs somebody because he can't freaking take care of himself. But, like, he's one of those people who always needs to be with somebody, mm-hmm. which makes sense because there are people out there like that. I just think that being in a relationship is not the most interesting thing about people. And I think that he is interesting by himself as evidenced, evidenced, sure, yes. whatever, by these latest episodes. It's like, yeah, he's dating Josie, but like the f- show doesn't care enough about Josie. So exactly. it doesn't even feel like he is dating Josie. That it, it's exactly right. It's weird because we got more, we got more Val when Archie was da- dating Val, but we get the exact same amount of Josie when Archie's dating Josie. What's up with that? Weird. And like another, well, okay, do your summary and then we'll talk about Archie. Okay. Archie meets up with his buddies and tells them that they have to keep working in Baby Teeth's honor. Mad Dog shows up and lets them know that Elio is putting on a tournament called the Gilded Gloves. Archie asks Veronica's help to get a spot in it. Veronica goes to Elio. He won't let Archie and the others compete. Veronica gets Archie on the news to challenge Randy to another fight, forcing Elio to let them in. Archie has to go up a weight class and they flip for the venue. Veronica helps Archie by feeding him burgers, which works. Mad Dog tries to protect his boyfriend, Archie, by by warning him that Randy is taking drugs to up his game. He gives Archie some, too, to make it more fair. Archie's not about that life, though. Archie and the crew go visit Baby Teeth's grave to remind them what they're fighting for. Who's Baby Teeth, though? Like, why is Archie's motivation all about this dude we hardly know? Anyway, Veronica makes Pops Archie's official sponsor. They almost kiss, but don't. Fred ships it. At the fight, Elio gives Randy the bad fizzle rocks and he goes nuts in the middle of the fight. Archie is able to knock him out and win the fight. But wait, did Archie finally commit the murder that he keeps being framed for? Okay, okay. That summary demonstrated why Archie and Veronica don't work. Mm -hmm. Because Archie's storylines become Veronica's. Yes. Like, Veronica took control of his storyline and all this Veronica was all in there. Mm -hmm. And I was like, well, I want to see more of hashtag Marchie. I sure do. Literally my first, can you, can you confirm? My first note about the storyline is Marchie. Thank you. That is all. That is exactly what that says right at the top. Marchie, hashtag Marchie. I get it. Dude, that scene where he like gives him the drugs and he walks away, Archie's like basically checking out his butt when he walks away. I just think even if they, even if Marchie is like just friends or anything else, it was like a joke, not in terms of haha, they're gay, but in terms of let's ship this because it is the most tolerable Archie ship that we have found so far. Absolutely. And now I'm kind of like, this shouldn't be like, like they, this should happen. It It's there. Like, the, the framework for it is there. And even if it doesn't happen romantically... They'll never do that, it. That relationship is fascinating. Yeah, it's so true. I love it because, like, Mad Dog is kind of quiet, but he's got, he's got you know, he's got that classic quiet intensity. Mm-hmm. And I feel like his personality actually really complements Archie's because they're both men of very few words, mm-hmm. but they do say a lot with what 
their actions are, you know? And I think, like, I don't know, in some weird way, I think they work. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Even like just as friends, I really like it. Yeah. You know, like Mad Dog could have just disappeared, but instead he keeps coming back to see Archie. He keeps yeah. coming back to see his friends. Mm-hmm. I love it. I love that. The guy who speaks, like. <laughs> 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 okay. So, like, when. I can't look at what you. When a, a background character gets to speak, they usually have a name. Mm-hmm. So I went on IMDb <laughs> to check. To see what this guy, random guy's name is, because we've literally never seen him before. Um, the character's name, you mean? The, yes, yeah. the character's name. <laughs> I can't say it Don't out loud. I'm not looking at you. I can't say it. Yes, you can. His name, <laughs> I'm looking at it right now and I just can't <laughs> talk about it. Is <laughs> Who decided this? Who wrote this? His name <laughs> is Knuckles Shroot. <laughs> Which Wait, I feel... Robin, how do you spell Knuckles in in that character? How, how does that character spell Knuckles? N-U-C-K-L-E-S. Shrewd as in Dwight. The K is silent because it's not there. I really feel like this is what Moses' real name should be. Like Moses from The Office. That should be his real name. Knuckles. Yep. Knuckles would be an interesting serpent name. But who's this? Yeah, this guy's name is just Knuckles with no K. I would feel so much better about it if it had a K. Yeah, then I'd be like, oh yeah, that's his. That's I'd be his, like, that's his a name. cool that's name. A, that's his nickname. Like that's his baby teeth name. But looking at it, I'm like, that's not a word. Hey, is it me or all these kids named after body parts? Mm. Except for Mad Dog, yeah. who's just named after a dog that's mad about something. <laughs> He's like, man, this canine is upset. <laughs> <laughs> that canine is having a bad day. He looks <gasps> like a mad dog. That's my name. <laughs> The Gilded Gloves is a really good tournament name. Yes. Big fan. Big fan of that. Okay, so they're at the sauna, um, and it is the it is the sauna at the gym, because it says Casa Grande on the on the wall. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, shout out. Your gym has a sauna. That's pretty cool. Most Our apartment has a sauna. I know. I know. Most places have saunas. If Most there's places. a pool. I, so you're saying there's also a pool there? I don't know where that logic came from. I'm just trying to point out the fact that it's a fancy gym. I'm just trying to point out the fact that I am stupid, and I feel like I properly did that. Okay. No one needs a teleprompter on the news, but they have to, like, hold up signs for Archie to <laughs> know what he's saying. Oh, bless his heart. And it's it's clear that he didn't know what he was saying until the moment, because clearly Veronica made up the whole free training sessions thing. Yeah, 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 yeah. He's yeah, like, yeah, free, yeah. okay, training sessions. So how do you feel about Ronnie getting reinvolved in Archie's life to the point where she's, like, organizing things for him? She already has so much other stuff to do. Mm-hmm. And I once again, I love Veronica, but... When she's in in storylines with Archie, they're just not that interesting. Their storylines become about each other and mm-hmm. not individual storylines. Yeah. Like, Betty and Jughead, they always have individual storylines. True. But remain a good couple. Yeah. Agree. Can't say that about Varchie. Can't. No. And I'm not anti-Varchie. I just think that the there could be a balance struck in that relationship where they're both interesting as individuals. Mm-hmm. And... Ronnie's entire life doesn't once again become about Archie. Yeah. But yeah, he's like, come on over and get a free training session with me. And I'd be like, well, you're a teenager. Yeah, you are You are a teenage boy. Uh, what and can you, you only started me? boxing a month ago. Mm, okay. Um, oh, but I had a question. Who do you? Who is going to take advantage of this deal? People who are secretly there to see one member of the Hot Dads. Hmm. Because if Dad Keller is there, that's who you secretly get training from. I was hoping that maybe it would be Mad Dog. Oh, that's a good answer, too. He's like, hey, I'm here to get free training from a hot guy. What up? And Dad Keller walks in and he's like, that's me! That's me! And Archie's like, no! Randy is no longer a welterweight, so they're going, so we, they have to change Archie to a middleweight rather than a welterweight. Which is kind of a shame, because I've really come around on the phrase welterweight, and I think it's cool now. But the episode was called Requiem for a Welterweight, so now, no, now that he's no longer a welterweight... Is there no need for a requiem? I think I think you are correct. Yeah. No requiems required. Yeah, to be clear, uh, a requiem is like a sad song. Yep. So are things looking up for Archie now that he's committed murder? His life has turned around. Yeah. Good for him. I will sing no requiem tonight. Okay. That's a quote from Dear Evan Hansen. Okay, I was like, I'm just going to go with what she's saying because okay. I know that someone will get it. Yeah. I will sing no requiem tonight. Um, how does Veronica afford custom poker chips? 
Listen, don't ask questions. When it comes to aesthetics, Ronnie is all in. I have another question about that, though. Okay. Um, did she cheat? <gasps> I got kind did of, she cheat? I got vibes that she cheated because she kept being like, I don't think so. We'll flip for it. Flip. Oh, look, I won. But like, you know, uh, but we it was never said whether or not she cheated, but I kind of got cheaty vibes. I don't know. I didn't think about that, but now I'm wondering. And yeah, she probably definitely did cheat. Yeah. Yeah. Archie's eating burgers and he says, I feel like Jughead. Cool. No, this is what Jughead should be. I've never seen our Jughead do that. What? You've never seen our Jughead eat a burger except for that one time when I waited an entire season for Jughead to eat a burger? I have definitely seen him eat a burger. I have never seen him have four burgers on one plate, which is what Jughead should do. I would settle even if they were sliders. Yeah. I feel like that happened, though. Um, Did Jughead eat a plate of sliders? What? One moment, please. Okay. Hold. <laughs> For the record, I'm looking at a picture of Robin eating a plate of sliders while dressed as Jughead. So I've reached a level of unreality where I'm mixing you up with Riverdale. Great. Cool. He has an ace pin. I can't. And by that, I mean me. Yeah, he has an ace pin. Uh, me. <laughs> Me. I've got, um, oh, here's, here's the other one. My Jughead cosplay. Yeah, yeah, don't worry about it. You can find it on my Instagram, which is at Robin E. Jeffrey, pretty much everywhere. Thanks. I'm so mad that that happened. Oh, Mad Dog is supposed to be Team Casa Grande, but he needs to protect Archie because love. Mm-hmm. Checks out. Yeah. Oh, my next note was, I kind of wanted to see what would have happened if Archie had gone crazy with the Fizzle Rocks. <gasps> that would have been great. And a great I, moment for KJ. It's, like, horrible, but... I kind of really love the trope where it's like, oh no, your main character who is like the height of morality turns evil. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I love that. If, if only for a moment. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just for a second. And then it's like, oh no, what did I do? You know? Mo- momentary insanity. Yeah. Yeah. I'd love that. Um, so I was kind of interested in him like going crazy for a real quick second, having be- everyone be like, Archie, how could you? And he'd be like, no, that's not who I am. That wasn't me. Yeah. Um, but Archie is too moral. Um, but we do have to remember that he now has some. Has some morals? No, has some drugs. Oh, okay. Like, <laughs> Mad Dog gave it to him. <laughs> he said now has some. I'm like, he has morals now. Good for him. Good for him. Uh, why is Fangs here with Archie's boxing group? How does he know Archie's boxing group? Did he know baby teeth? No. Like, they, they, the serpents and the, like, L&L guys came together to defeat the gargoyles that one time, but we've never gotten an indication that Fangs was, like, boxing with them until literally right now. If Cheryl has to be at the farm that night, why doesn't Fangs? Okay, was Fangs there the night they went after the gargoyles? Yes. So, okay, so then you could more easily connect those then. Yeah. Okay, I get that then. But Fangs wasn't there, like, in the morning, like, that very beginning scene. No, 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 or anything, no, 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 no. you know? Fangs literally didn't really know him. Why is he so sad? Because cause murder happened, I guess. Yeah, I was gonna say, the death of a human being is sad no matter what. Archie seemed really into that Varchi moment. Like, Veronica's the one who was like, nope, gotta go. Yep. Like, Archie. Okay, Veronica, if it had been Veronica, she'd be off the hook because she's not even dating Reggie right now. But Archie... You are dating Josie. Mm -hmm. And Josie deserves better. Fully. Um, Why is Pops his sponsor and not Le Bon Nuit? What an absolutely fantastic question that I do not have the answer. Oh, so that Hot Topic could do the merchandise. Oh, gotcha. Mm. Of course. Obviously, Veronica owns both, so she can do whatever she wants. And Pops is probably more boxer friendly. It's more brandable, for sure. More brandable. Yeah. Oh, my next note was just, go, go, Gryffindor. Oh, okay. Because it was red and gold. Mm. Uh, and uh, Archie is a major Gryffindor. Major. Yeah. Veronica wearing white. So she was wearing a white shirt and a different color skirt. That was concerning. Is that foreshadowing? They don't. They wouldn't have done that on uh, on accident. I want to go back and check to see if we see any of the people who end up going to the farm in increasingly whiter outfits. That would be upsetting and also probably, yeah, like foreshadowing. Because Veronica last episode was like, yeah, Evelyn, go ahead and hang your flyers, you know? And she went, and she went on the open house with Betty and then Betty ditched her. I am concerned. For Veronica to just go on the open house. Yeah, I'm concerned. So, just saying. Sorry, I was checking the Hot Topic Instagram to see if they'd made um, wrestling stuff. They haven't yet. Mm Mm-hmm. But I got scared because I saw this and I was like, oh God, is this the girl's version? Uh-huh. Don't worry, it's Iron Man. Okay, okay, great. Thank you. Oh, my next one was just that we're running out of Fred time. I really, I, I thought he was going to be gone by now. Fred has been woefully misused this season. This season oh, and last season. It's so I, disappointing. I don't know what the hell everyone was thinking 
when they just didn't give Fred storylines. Y'all know I love Dad Keller with my entire life, but like, why does Dad, Dad Keller have more stuff to do than Fred? Yeah. And where's Sierra? Yeah. Like, if Josie goes over, do we lose Sierra too? I want- No, no, because she'll still be here with Kevin and and Tom. I hope so. But I think in the new trailer, and we haven't seen the extended version yet, but we saw Josie with her dad again. We haven't seen him since- Season one? Since season one. He was only in one episode. Yeah. So that's gonna be crazy. I hope we get some Sierra in that episode. I hope so too. But yeah, Fred has- he hasn't had a- a plot. He's been so good in the little things that he's been given, but it's, like, so disappointing. But, like, poor Luke Perry has to fly up to Vancouver to shoot, like, a five-minute guest appearance in each episode and then fly home again. It's very odd. This episode, he had two lines, I'm pretty sure, because he didn't have any lines at the fight. He was just there reacting. I don't get it. Yeah, it's just it's just disappointing, and we're running out of time with him. It's very sad. Yeah. Did Elio overdose Randy on the bad drugs? You mean on purpose? Um, I didn't mean on purpose. Do oh, you? I, I had I had wondered. Like, obviously, he's like, oh, I dissolved some G into your juice or into your water or whatever. But it's like, if you dump a whole thing in there and dissolve it, that's like a lot. I I think it, it, it's it's a li- it's inconsequential. I think, but at the end of the day, like Elio is responsible for his death. Yeah. Um. Not Archie. Yeah. Oh God, no, not Archie. Because I think if if someone's hot, if you've dosed someone, mm-hmm. at the very least, that's manslaughter. Yeah. So I'd love to say goodbye to Elio. I thought we were going to see him once anyway. He keeps cropping up. He's like a cockroach. Mm-hmm. But I do enjoy what he brings because he always seems to be into something new. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Do you have any other thoughts on the storyline? No. Cool. Hey, can you tell me about a a con called Sweet River Con? Oh my God, I actually can because. I don't know if you know this, but I know this. Mm-hmm. You and I are the moderators at it. No way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's a Riverdale-based um, boutique con, and it is happening in November. And you know the dates. Would you like me to? Would you like to tell me them? Sure. They're November eighth to tenth. Oh my god, twenty nineteen. That is so crazy because um, I'm free that weekend to be at that con. Cool. So if you would like to join us at that con, it is in Vancouver, and so far the guests are Machen Amex, Skeet Ulrich, Camille Mendez, and Vanessa Morgan. And um, yeah, you should just come and hang out with us. Um, it is by Unity Events Canada, so go to unityevents.ca mm-hmm. or unityevents.ca on Twitter and get more information. We were giving out two free weekend passes. That contest is closed now, so thanks to anybody who entered. To win. Yeah, that was really nice. Yeah, it was yeah. so fun. Thanks, guys. We really, it was so nice to be able to give two weekend passes away. We really made the girl who got them's, like, year, I think she said. <laughs> yeah, that was, she was really cute. I was really happy that it went to, like, someone who really loves the show. Yeah. So, that's gonna be, I can't wait to meet her. Yeah. And I can't wait to meet anyone who comes. So, guys, come. Yeah. Thank you. Well, I'll take pictures and smile in them. Vancouver in November. You think it's cold. But it's, it's not. not. It's mostly just a really long fall. It's nice. That sounded very scary. Well, if you go up onto the Capilano Suspension Bridge. Mm, no, thank you. Okay. Okay. Let's talk about Jughead. Okay. Okay. So, Baby Teeth is dead, first of all. Whoa. FP is not a good sheriff. No. And so asks Jughead to help him with the case. They go to see Dr. Curdle Jr., who tells them that Baby Teeth died from blood loss when they took out his teeth, and this is really messed up. They're like, yeah, cool. Is that anyway, possible? Yeah. Okay. Isn't it? They go to the Maple Club for more clues, and there's a dude there who's tweaking out on a bad batch of fizzle rocks called G for gargoyle. But, theory, maybe the G is for for Gladys! (laughs) (laughs) Yeah! (laughs) Um, There's also a dude at Pops and a girl at Riverdale High. Yikes. They find that Brian is the one who's cooking and selling all this garbage, so they catch him. Turns out Jellybean has been playing G&G with our old buddy Ricardo DeSantos, Joaquin's little brother of Stabbing Archie fame. (laughs) Brian says they've got her, and Ricky takes her to the Gargoyle King. Does Gladys know about this? Does Gladys know anything? Actually, Gladys knows a lot. Did you think Gladys knows about it? Like, I feel like Gladys knows about, like, maybe... I I don't... I wonder if... I think Gladys knows everything except for what's happening with Jellybean. Do you think Brian told her about... The Bad Batch? Because he was like, oh, he was like trying to get rid of it as soon as possible. So I wonder if he like made the Bad Batch and then was trying to get rid of it before Gladys knew about it. 
No, I, yeah, I think Gladys has no clue about the Bad Batch. Okay. Yeah. Um, and I definitely don't think she knows stuff about Jellybean, unless she, like, literally, like, unsheaths her own head from the Gargoyle King. Yeah. And she's like, hey, daughter, tis I, the Gargoyle King. <gasps> Gladys is the Gargoyle King would be metal. Because for some reason we kept only suspecting men. No, we thought Penelope could have been it. Just kidding. That was my theory, too. Mm-hmm. Oops. But I, I do think it's kind of interesting to assume that it was a woman because it makes sense for her, if it was a girl for her to be like, yeah, I'm totally a guy. What? You you thought it was a girl? Definitely not a girl. You know, it's like throwing them off the trail. It's actually just like um, a drag king. Mm. She's just like, this is my drag. Yeah. It's oh. high art. Sasha Valor who? um okay 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 so gladys i'm chasing a thought give me a minute Mm -hmm. okay gladys couldn't know about the bad batch because gladys needs those consumers to stay alive to get money out of them right so if anything she's gonna want to chase that bad batch down first before jughead or fp even get to it Right. So that might tie in later because mm-hmm. she's she's going to have all those contacts already. Yeah. So they could be chasing a cold trail mm-hmm. that Gladys has already swept away. Like she could be leading them on a complete different like chase. Remind me, if you remember, from the end of last episode, why Jughead isn't telling FP that it's Gladys? I think he wants proof. Yeah, I remember her like whispering in his ear and then kissing his cheek. Something menacing, but I don't remember exactly what she said. Neither do I. Should I look it up? Can you look it up while I pee? Yeah, cool. Hey, by the way, did Jughead ever go to school? Yeah, he was with them at school. The joke was that he was at... He can't hear you. So I found what Gladys said. Okay. Um, and I have no reason to think... I'm still trying to figure out why Jughead isn't telling FP. So um, Gladys says, Did you really think that blowing up that dis- decrepit trailer would tra- change anything? Uh, and then Jughead says, Oh, I'm not going to stop until you're out of Riverdale. And she says, Well, you better buckle up then because I ain't going anywhere. And here's a tip. Don't cross me again. Okay, work. So as far as I remember, it was literally just him being like, I have to tell dad. And Gladys being like, don't tell dad, it'll break him or whatever. And then he's like, okay, I won't. And then like last episode or something, I think he was like, I don't even care if it's going to break dad. I'm going to tell him anyway. But I don't remember why he chose not to do it. Yeah, there's, oh, wasn't it because of Jellybean? Maybe. That he didn't want to lose his relationship with Jellybean? I don't remember. I'm almost sure that's it. Okay. Anyway. Uh, Baby Teeth's real name was Brandon Morris. Mm-hmm. Would love um, to get a real name for Sweet Pea. Thanks. Preferably um, when he's not dead. I feel like Sweet Pea is going to be like like Schmidt on New Girl, where you don't find out his real episode or his real name for ages, and then it'll turn out to be another character's name. Mm. So I feel like Sweet Pea's name is Archie. <laughs> it starts with N. I feel like Sweet Pea's name is Narchi. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Sweet Pea's name is Knuckles. Sweet Pea's name is he is the real Knuckles Shrewd. <laughs> Has to be NM. Knuckles M. Shrewd. <laughs> Knuckles M. Shrewd. <laughs> Duh. Duh. Knuckles Marchy. <gasps> Knuckles Marchy? Okay, all right. Narchy Marchy. I'm done talking to you. <laughs> no, Narchy is Sweet Pea and Archie's ship name. Oh, okay, okay. Whatever okay, that okay. N stands for. What is, yeah, 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 okay. Um, why does FP need Jughead's help? Because he can't even figure out that Gladys is evil. Yeah, he's living under the same roof as a literal drug lord. And he just can't figure it out. Yeah. He's, he's like, just, who could it be? He's just like, he's got a lot going on. And um, he seems to be completely oblivious to whatever's going on with Alice. So how did he figure out about Moose's dad then? This um is uh, great for the Fred sites. Do you remember when he like figured out Moose's dad and everyone was like, oh, it's because he ha- he's had a queer experience? Yeah. He's such a garbage sheriff. Yeah, yeah. That that kind of helps with that. Okay, okay. A little bit. Okay, yeah. He mentions that it could be a copycat killer because Ben and Dilton were like willing participants. Which I think makes sense. Yeah, I agree. They're, they're, he had no connection to the game. I mean, I thought it was pretty clear that it's the gargoyles because they got that thing that said, um, defang a wolf cub. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Why was this even a mystery, actually? So was it not the gargoyles? No, it definitely was the gargoyles. Yeah. I don't know. Wait, so what was the point of this investigation if they already knew it was the gargoyles? Yeah, but Jughead didn't tell FP that's what it was. Jughead, start talking to your dad challenge? Yeah. So a matchbook from the Maple Club was lodged in his throat. Why? Why? That was never answered. We found out where the matchbook came from. She said that they give it to all of their clients, but I still don't know why it was lodged in his throat. P.S. Why is he a client of the Maple Club? 
He's 16. Did he put it in there himself? Did he try to swallow yeah, that? Yeah, on a dare. Mm-hmm. Okay, yep. whatever. Yep, 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 um, yep, yep, That makes sense. Dr. Curdle Jr. says, I thought I'd seen the true face of evil. Beachware, tell me more about that. Also, this is the most evil thing you've ever seen. He autopsied Dilton and Ben. Yeah, but they had done that themselves. They were still, I mean, still. Also, all of the sisters. True. Like, you don't you don't see a bunch of dead nuns and think, no, this is the darkest thing I've ever seen. But those were all suicides, and this was a brutal murder. I guess. I don't know. Um, but anyway, you thought, but, but him saying, I thought I had seen the true face of evil? What? Where? Tell me more. In the mirror. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And then they go to the Maple Club to figure things out, and Penelope says that the lady who helped baby teeth out was named Rosemary. Okay. He's a teen, though. Yeah. Like, like uh, all of these kids who were in L&L, they were there because they were under 18. Yeah, they're um, not old enough to be in big prison, so they went to little prison. Yeah, so they're therefore not old enough to be at brothels. If a brothel itself wasn't already illegal- Underage brothel. Underage, mm, yeah, that'd hey, be a problem. You know who should- have this information? The some sheriff? Kind of, yeah, some kind of, like, authority figure who is also the law. Kind of makes uh, Jughead's threat about telling FP really dumb. Yeah, yeah. Jughead's like, I'm gonna tell my dad. <laughs> and FP shows up and he's like, oh, cool, work. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It is nice to see FP slash just anybody respecting the people in the Maple Club, though. Because, like, Betty gets in there and she's just like, blah, 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 rabble, rabble, rabble. Jughead's like, rabble, 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 I'm gonna tell the police. And Cheryl and Tony are like, rabble, 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 we're gonna freaking blackmail everybody and give them away all their names and everything. Mm-hmm. And FP comes in here and is just like, okay. I mean, obviously, like, should this not be illegal? I don't understand. I think it, it well, it, paying for sex is illegal. If it's not, for some reason, FP, it's really nice of FP to just show up and be like, okay, I've gotten my information. Here's my card if anything else happens. Have a great day and walk away, you know? And it's like, FP, that's an illegal brothel. Yeah. Don't give them your card. But it's like, hey, respect sex work as long as it's legal. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? I don't know. Also, uh, yeah, but it wasn't because they were serving underage kids. Yeah, so exactly. So we no longer respect this. FP is a really bad sheriff. They're, this town hasn't had a good sheriff in a while. How did Ricky and Jellybean meet? I assume that they were like, hey, Ricky, that's Jughead's sister slash Gladys's daughter. Get in with her. And I assume that's, then he was he like. probably like arranged to like run into her at Pops. Whoopsie. Yeah. Yeah. FP says he's going to go see Hiram. Once again, beach where? I would love to have seen that scene. Yeah. Give us more adult content, you cowards. And by adult content, we mean Not content. teenagers having sex. We mean more content featuring the adults. More parent Dale. Yes. Um, I would have loved to see that scene and I'm disappointed. Um, Jellybean is a princess. Um, it was like princess and Hellcaster, princess and Gargoyle King. It was like weird with Ethel. Uh, is Ricky a Hellcaster? Maybe. Maybe. I thought Ricky was the game master. Oh, I guess he was. But so was Jughead, but he was also a Hellcaster. So but I don't know. That was when he wasn't game master. Okay. But then why are they still calling him Hellcaster? Great question. Whatever. Also, where's Ethel? <sighs> Who knows? And he call at the end, he calls her Princess Jellybean. Yeah. But it's supposed to be JB. Like when he calls her, like she wants to be called JB. When they're at Pops, he calls her JB. So I feel like. How does he know? How does he know what her real name is? Yeah. If Unless no, I that mean, is Gladys using him to lure JB out. Obviously, he knows what her real name is. Obviously, that means he's lured her here. We know this already. But I was like watching her face and I wanted to see if maybe she was like, what? How do you know my name? But she was already like, what in the beginning of the sentence, which is he wanted to see you or something like that. So I, I don't know. I, can't I think really maybe tell. the show forgot that other people weren't supposed to know her full name. Yeah, that's all I had for that storyline. Same. Cool. Um, hey, do you know what Patreon is? Uh, yeah, do you? Uh, no. How many times are we going to do this? What do you mean? This is our bit. I know, but I always have to do it. <clears throat> I always have to do it. Yeah, but I don't like it. Okay, well then, bring it back on me then. Okay. Why did you say that you knew what it was then? Oh, I should have said no. Yeah, if you had said no, I would have done it. Okay, I will pay I will pay my dues then and tell you what Patreon is. Okay. Okay, so Patreon is a service where you can donate monthly to your favorite creators. Wow. It's kind of like a subscription, except you can cancel at any time. Mm. And, the subscription, and you still get stuff. Yeah, you still get stuff. And the subscription starts at just a dollar. That's it? Yeah, it's like really cheap. That's so affordable. It basically helps us with all of our hosting fees because we have five podcasts. So many. Yeah, th- there's, um, we might be nuts. What's a cool perk that I get from being a Patreon supporter? Oh, um, early access to all of our shows. Cool. So, hey, I noticed that this podcast is now coming out at, at a later date than usual. How do I get that normal date back? 
um, you actually would become a Patreon supporter slash a patron. And then I and get voila! it on, and then I get it on Sundays again? Yeah. Oh, great. Maybe I'll do it. Oh, okay, sweet. Whatever. <laughs> Whatever it is. <laughs> like, this bit just expired. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay, so Betty. Okay, so Betty. Um, this summary I made is really long. <laughs> oh, okay. Because a lot of things happen. But Kobe and I are ready. Okay. <clears throat> Betty chats with Edgar, wanting to know all the answers. Mm-hmm. Edgar explains that his life was sad and bad, and he was in a desert or something, and then came across a farm, which helped him turn his life around. He vowed to make his own version of the farm, where people could come and get right again. Okay, but I'm pretty sure that original farm was just a normal farm, and you're a crazy person. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Betty finds that Alice is getting divorced from Hal, which I thought already happened last season, but whatever. Uh, Betty asks Alice if she's engaged to Edgar. I love being a genius. When Hal tells Betty to prove Charles is dead with a fake headstone, Alice doesn't believe her, and Betty takes Alice hostage in the bunker, trying to knock some sense into her. After school, she finds Alice burning all of their family photos. Evelyn asks Betty at school where Alice is, and Betty plays dumb. Evelyn says they have copies of the tapes she stole, and Betty tells her that if Evelyn doesn't leave her family alone, Betty will kill her. Betty listens to the tapes that she stole from the farm and hears her mom saying that she's scared of Betty and she sees Hal's darkness inside of her. Yikes. Betty confronts Edgar and he convinces her that the farm is good for Alice. Betty lets Alice go back for some reason, but she has another mole inside the farm. Tony. Betty asks Hal to sign the divorce papers. She's going to let Alice go. Hal wants her to let him come back. Okay. (laughs) The whole Alice storyline, I was just like, what was the point of this? Like, if anything, it it made me angry mm-hmm. because it just proved that, like, the Alice that we knew is gone and apparently was so susceptible to brainwashing that she would burn all of her family memories and abandon her daughter. So, first of all, Betty asks Alice if she's engaged to Edgar. I don't want to talk about this. If she wasn't engaged to Edgar, she would say no. Mm-hmm. She doesn't say yes. But she, she say no. definitely doesn't say no. Yeah. And another thing is that I noticed she has a framed picture of Edgar on her bedside table. Now, devil's advocate, oh. I bet everybody at the farm mm. has to have a framed picture of Edgar on their bedside table. Alice and Edgar reminds me of Ethel and the Gargoyle King. Mm. Like, it's that, it's that level of obsession, and I yeah. don't get it. Yeah. Um, but I called it. Yes, you did. And I'm a big fan of me in this moment. You usually are. Yeah. I, I do want to congratulate you on completely nailing that theory. Thank you. Um, because it's it was it was a plausible theory mm-hmm. and it was upsetting. And the reality is even more upsetting. I got it from one line too. Yep. Because because Alice had said, like, we can be together, me, you, Polly, the twins, Edgar, Evelyn, and I was like, why are they part of this? Oh got it. Yeah. And bam. Thanks. It's just like, it's been 18 episodes of Alice being brainwashed by the farm. Yeah. I'm tired. Betty says there's no record of Edgar ever, ever, never. So it's an alias? Question mark? Must be. That was kind of just glossed over, but like, I'm interested in that. It did, did he come up with the name Edgar ever, never? In which case, Edgar? Yeah, that's the name you're going to pick? Hmm. Choices. And if that is an alias, what is Evelyn's story? You know, I want to know Evelyn's story. I do. Okay. Okay. Oh, my next note was Edgar. You have greatly misconstrued that farmer lady's message. Yeah, that farmer lady was like, hey, I will take in someone in need and nurse them back to health and give Mm -hmm. them an opportunity. And Edgar was like, gotcha, start a cult. Yeah. Hmm. I don't think that was. That's not right. Not great. No. So Betty goes to Hal and she's like, mom thinks that Charles is alive. And Hal says, impossible. Charles is dead. Hmm. Why are you so sure, Hal? The only reason they know that Charles is dead, they know Charles is dead, is because Chick said so. And Chick was also a person that Hal murdered. Yeah, so what? Did Hal, like, grab Chick and then, like, torture him to make sure that his story was right? Like, I don't think so. I'm just wondering why Hal is so sure that he's willing to say the word impossible. That's a good point. You know? It could be a tiny bit of denial. Right. Um, but it could be something much darker. Yeah. I do enjoy that Hal keeps coming back because- Me too. He is an interesting character. He's not a good person. Mm-hmm. So let's not get that mixed up. Yeah. Um, for anyone listening who's like, um, why do you like Hal? I like Hal's, uh, potential as a villain. Yeah. I think he's an interesting villain. Mm-hmm. In, in a, the same infuriating way that I like Hiram. Yes. Yeah. So I like, I'm, I'm worried that Betty keeps going to him, but I am intrigued by the fact that Edgar has Alice so mixed up in herself that Hal is starting to sound logical. We'll talk about this 
later, like when Hal is like, please, Betty, like I want to come back or like I, wa- I want to come home, I think is what he oh, says. Oh, that's concerning. That's a little concerning considering you're literally a serial killer. No, he can never leave that cell. Yeah. So what makes you think that you, you're going to have like, you're going to get parole to like go home? That That doesn't make any sense to me. But it's weird to me that... I'm of two minds here. Either it's like Betty is going to let Hal come back because she is so in on being like, like Edgar was able to convince her that Alice was fine at the farm. So like, obviously at this point she's susceptible to being manipulated. But on the other hand, she literally just heard Alice say on the tapes, I see Hal's darkness inside of her, blah, blah, blah. And she doesn't want to be that person. So why are you on Hal's side right now? Like, why would she let Hal go after she heard Alice and she was so disgusted by Alice saying She's just like her father. Okay. So first of all, I don't think that, um, I don't think that Edgar convinced Betty that Alice is better off at the farm. Mm. I think Betty knew a losing fight when she saw one. And now that she has Tony in there. Exactly. She'll be okay. She was like, I, I have to lose this battle to win the war. Mm -hmm. So she had to sacrifice her relationship with her mother in order to get her mother back. Right. And that makes sense to me. The part that doesn't make sense is what you were talking about, which is why would she ever let Hal out? Yeah. Unless she was going to be like, I need someone murdered. And also just like all encompassing in the storyline, Polly question mark? What's a Polly? I've never heard of her. Like even the pictures that Alice was burning were like pictures of just the three of them and not Polly. And like, are the twins okay? Cheryl said last time she saw them, they were fine. But like, when was that? Like, I don't know the whole Paul. Like, I don't mind not having information about Polly because I don't like Polly. Yeah. Um, because the last time we saw Polly, she literally killed her mother. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm cool not seeing Polly, but yeah, kind of funny that um Betty was like, "Hey, remember all of this?" And they were like, "Polly." If if I could try and make it make sense, my mom made uh, scrapbooks for me and my sister when we were younger, and they were two separate scrapbooks. Like they weren't one scrapbook for both of us. There were two separate scrapbooks. So like the pictures in mine were like me and my mom and stuff. Callie was in a lot of them. Callie's my sister, but you know, a lot of them was just like me and mom, but, yeah. but I can't think of one time when it was me, mom and dad without Callie in it, unless it was before Callie was born. There was, there yeah, had to be weird. There was no reason for me to just get a picture with mom and dad. Listen, the actress Callie. that plays Polly wasn't on set and they had to take some pictures. She's busy making a music video yeah, there you with go. Jordan Connor. There you go. Did you see that music video? Which music? Video? They were in a music video together in which they played love interests, and I didn't watch it because I was like, I'm uncomfortable because I hate Polly and I love Sweet Pea. Um, I didn't watch it, but what music video was it? I don't know. Oh, cool. I didn't watch it. Okay. Hmm. Uh, Vessel by Royal. Oh, okay. Oh, Riverdale. Watch Polly Cooper and Sweet Pea fall in love. No, thanks. No, okay. I'm not good. interested. Thank you, though. Yeah, I'm sure it's a great song, uh, but I did not watch the music video because I hate Polly. Yeah. Thanks. Okay. Um, getting headstones made is really expensive. Uh, also, where did she get one made that short notice? Yeah. I feel like those take time. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah, Alice doesn't say yes or no to the engagement question. Oh, also, the gravestone doesn't look weathered enough for it to have been there for five years. Ooh, good point. Especially in a town like Riverdale where no one knows what the season are, but it's always raining. No one knows what the season are. <laughs> oh, I said that, didn't I? <laughs> yeah. I should, I tried to say seasons are. Yeah. But it didn't work. Um, can I give you whose a- birthday are it? <laughs> whose birthday are it? I used to do this fabulous trick. Um, I would host drag shows. You know, you know when you used to host drag shows, like local drag shows, mm-hmm. and I would be like, "All right, whose birthdays are it?" Or nope. <laughs> <laughs> whose birthdays are it? <laughs> Is it I love that. In your birthday. Yeah. <laughs> but I would go like. Um, can I give you a theory? I would love a theory. I don't know if it'll go anywhere, but I'll give it to you anyway, Yay! just because my theories sometimes actually happen. I love I love a theory. Alice said, I spoke to my son this morning. And when Betty walked into her room, she was meditating. <gasps> Do you think she takes those heckin' drugs and then sits and meditates on her bed and she spoke to her son this morning because that's what she was doing there? I Possibly, yes. If you're tripping that hard. But would that imply that Alice burning stuff was Alice in withdrawal? Oh, yeah, because she would be in withdrawal, wouldn't she? Mm-hmm. Hmm. This is one that we'll never get the answer to. How did Betty get Alice down the ladder by herself? She would have had to push her in and just drop her. Guns of steel. Yeah, I don't know. So she shows her a picture of eighth grade graduation. She says, you cried that day. Do you remember? 
why? Yeah, why would she cry? And then she's like, oh, like, that's in the past and bad things happened in my life. And I'm like, so why did you cry at eighth grade graduation, though? She was just really proud of her daughter for making it through eighth grade, okay? I guess. That um, was a big deal. Betty says, I have to go to school. And that's what I like to hear. Yeah. yeah. Someone in that town goes to school. Mm-hmm. They keep calling it Dilton's Bunker. Is it still Dilton's, though? They call it Dilton's bump- Bumper. They mm. call it Dilton's Bunker, yet no one seems concerned that Dilton's dead. Yeah. Hmm. Shouldn't they be more concerned that Dilton Doily is dead? Dilton Doily's dead. The old Triple D. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm just like so shook that like one of the most iconic characters from Archie Comics, like Midge, is dead and no one seems to care. Yeah. I'm still upset about Dilton and Midge. Yeah. And I mean like I- in a fun way, it's like, oh my God, like look what they did. Like, it, you know, the Archie Comics, there's murder and crap. But at the same time, I'm like, but can someone please remember that these characters died. These characters are so, like... I always loved Midge. Like, in the comics. And, like, Dilton always had a special place in my heart, too, you know? And they do really well keeping Jason's memory alive. Yeah, that's true. So... I don't know what it is about Dilton and Midge where no one brings them up. Well, they do, except just to talk about, just to, because that's the name of the bunker. Yeah. And then we had, like, a little bit of Midge in the musical episode, but that's it. Okay, you had thoughts on this. Um, Evelyn says that Alice missed bed check. Why do they have bed check? Like, what kind of cult? You're not allowed to leave after dark? Like, when you go to bed, you like, there's no free will there. They can't go out and live their lives because mm-hmm. they have bed check? Yeah. That scares me. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't, like, know. Yeah. And no one's stopping bad. Why is this summer camp? Yeah. Like, yeah. these are grown adults being held, being basically held hostage inside the Sisters of Quiet Mercy. Yeah. With the illusion of free will. And, and, and Cheryl doesn't have to stay there. But she probably does. No, because she sleeps in her own room with Tony. So why would there even be... A, maybe the higher you get? Maybe. Or, like, Alice doesn't have a home. Yeah, good point. Also, notice that Edgar didn't say anything about the fact that um, he has all of Betty's money. Yeah. I mean, Betty brought it up. Yeah. But he didn't say anything back. Yeah. He was, he just like tried to gaslight her by saying, you know, what's so bad about your mother being fulfilled? And I'm like, mm-hmm. she's not. You've just replaced the emotional intimacy that she craved from her husband with you and with your cult teachings. Yeah. So just so we're clear, you're an asshole. Mm-hmm. So excited to ask Machen about this in November. I'm actually really excited to talk to Machen about this entire arc because I think she has like a lot of thoughts Especially because I think we're missing chunks of it. Yeah. Just from, like, stuff that couldn't make it into the episode. So Mm -hmm. I want to hear her thoughts on it. Yeah. Betty threatens to kill Evelyn. Betty threatened to kill Cheryl in season one. um, And she also almost killed Chuck in season one. Okay, yeah. So she says things like, ask around, people will know what I'm capable of. Other than that, I don't... I mean, her dad was a serial killer. Right. Yeah. That would be enough. Um, By the way, most metal Betty moment. Yeah. Of the season, I think. Yes. Yeah. Alice on the tape is saying that she's scared of her daughter. And, you know, you listen to it and you're like, oh, no, like, but Betty's such a good person. Just look at this episode. Yeah. Betty drugs and holds her mom hostage. Ties her up in a bunker. Ties her up in a bunker. Like, Alice, this was, like, months ago, Alice. And Alice is finally probably thinking, like, okay, my daughter's going to murder me now. Mm -hmm. Because that's what she's been thinking this whole time, is that she's scared of Betty. From Alice's point of view, I think that if Alice was in real therapy, that would be a safe place for her to admit that fear. Yeah. And then it would be something that she and Betty could work on without Betty being damaged by hearing that. But because they are not in a healthy environment, Betty just now feels like a monster. But Alice should be able to express that in a healthy way and not be judged for it. Because if you look at some of Betty's actions, it's okay to be afraid of her. Mm -hmm. You know? Like, she Jack had burned down a drug lab like an episode ago. Betty, also, before Betty has even heard that tape, Evelyn has heard that tape. Just So, mm-hmm. okay, you're with me so far? Yes. Evelyn has heard that tape already. Betty has not heard the tape when she threatens Evelyn. So Evelyn knows about this darkness that's apparently inside Betty. And Betty's pinning her up against the locker saying, if you keep doing this, yep. I'll kill you. And I, Yeah. Evelyn and I, knows exactly what's going on here. And I kind of wonder if Evelyn thought that um, Alice was like, you know, completely valid in like that soft way that they sort of do because I hate Evelyn. But I kind of wonder if she wasn't sure if Betty was capable of it. And so yeah. she just kind of thought she could control Betty. Mm-hmm. But it was like, um, not today, Satan. Do you think that after that, like, it's clear that Evelyn knows that Alice is with Betty, probably out of her, not in her own free will. I would, if I were Evelyn and I knew that about Betty and then Betty finally snapped 
and threatened to kill me, I'd be like, well, what Alice thought happened maybe happened. Yeah. Is Alice, like, did Betty kill Alice? Like, would, I wonder if Evelyn's, like, worried about that. Yeah, probably. Does she go home and she's just like, dad, we gotta do something about this. I think that's, that's entirely possible, yes. Yeah. If that even is her dad. Which now, now I'm, like, I'm starting to wonder. Just wondering. Yeah. I'm um, kind of starting to wonder if Evelyn's even a teenager. Mm. Okay, here's, here's another question I have about this. You had said, um, which I thought was a great theory, but I think has mm, either been disproved or maybe hasn't been disproved, is you said that Edgar's main goal was to get Betty. Mm-hmm. Um, Like he gets Alice, that oh, he gets Polly, that's not enough. He gets Alice, that's not enough. He gets... Kevin, that's not enough. He gets Cheryl, that's not enough. He's he's trying to get Betty, right? And either this is a ploy to get Betty or this is disproved and I don't know why. But he literally says to Betty, Alice needs the farm. You don't need the farm. Yeah, I think now it's just sort of he wants people who will easily do his bidding. Yeah. And Betty is far too stubborn. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Does Betty own their family car now? I guess. Like, Alice clearly isn't using it. Uh, it was the one thing she didn't sell to give to the farm. I guess. How does a Bob Ross painting in his cell? Wow. I love art. I couldn't even tell what that was of. Just of Riverdale? I guess. I guess. Hal wants Betty to get him out of jail? Question mark. You killed a bunch of people. Yeah. I don't know how the heck he's gonna get parole. If he ends up getting out, I'm happy. Because I think Hal is very, very interesting. And I think Lachlan does a really awesome job. But I don't know how that's going to make sense law-wise. Where is Hal in jail? Solitary? Where? Mm. It's not Hiram's prison. Sure isn't. It's not L&L. Nope. It's some other place where they, there's like a guard that Penelope goes how to see How many sometimes. prisons does Riverdale have? Does she have to drive to like they a different place? Three prisons, two high schools, and one restaurant, and one hotel. Mm. I, okay. That's all I had. That's all I have to. Great. So now it's time for our segments. My first segment is a sexual joke. Okay, question mark, question mark, question mark. And the answer is yes, always yes. I don't care. I love it. Minus which MILF was the most badass. Um, no MILFs. Yeah. Alice was not badass enough. No. I mean, you know, she was, it was cool when she was like burning the. Yeah, it was pretty metal. Also, bad air circulation in the bunker. Like I'd be worried about smoke inhalation personally. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. So no, no MILF. No, no. Because that was the only MILF. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Sad. Um, did the snake parents acknowledge your obvious history? They sure didn't. No, and it's gotten worse. Um, Penelope. 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 Okay, Penelope wins. Now it's time for our best line award. My best line award goes to Betty for... I chloroformed you. Don't worry, Mom. You're safe. We love irony. These are really... Um, these these Contradictory two statements. statements. Yes, mm. exactly. And mine goes to Cheryl for... Do you think these Louboutins are too flashy for kombucha brewing? Now it's time for a trailer reaction. Ready? Ready. Okay. Three, two, one, play. When can we get Jelly Bean back? I'm so excited. Oh my god. He's me oh, the Gargoyle King fall. more. More Margie! Hell yeah. Gladys is playing the game too. I didn't notice that. I'll kill you right here. Now do you see why I need to get out of this town? So clearly Archie is, or Josie's leaving because she has to be in Katie Keene. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So there's a lot here. So they have, they have to play to get Jellybean back. Why would they let Kurtz in their house? Why would they let Kurtz in their house? What a great question. I love that FP gets to play again. Yeah. I'm so interested. And Gladys playing for the first time, I'm assuming. Yeah. If she's not the Gargoyle King. Veronica's talking to somebody. Betty, it looks like it's talking to Alice. The Gargoyle King is here. The people of the farm are running away? Or running after Betty, it looks like? Possibly. Uh, okay. Um, that's El Royale. Archie is hurting Elio. Yep. Some good Marchie content. I'm so, so happy. I'm really I'm, I'm so happy. I really thought they would just be like, yes, Mad Dog is dead. And then we'd maybe see him that last time when he's like, Archie, run! But I didn't expect to see him more. I'm really excited. I hope that, um... He Eli Gory joins the cast. I would Me love too. that. Oh, I hope they give him a real name too because Mad Dog. All right, Mad Dog is own name. Yeah, that's true. I would still call it Marchie either way though. Yeah. Okay. So they're in the boxing gym and people are. So the police are chasing after Archie. Yeah, Archie and Mad Dog because they hold them up. They hold up who? Go a little further. Oh yeah, duh. Okay, yeah. yeah. But why? I wonder why they're running. I don't know. Okay. Oh, I love a duo. I know. <laughs> 
Okay. So they have to commit a robbery, and it's interesting because they actually do it, because they have to get Jellybean back. And they're like, hey, where should we rob? Pops has been robbed a lot. Let's do that. Hey, nobody can get mad at me because I'm the sheriff. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> okay. Um, Josie, is, isn't your dad here? Why are you being all sensual? Thanks. Um, and Gladys, of course- doesn't know about Jellybean and therefore is beating up on Brian. Makes sense. Um, somebody is slapping Archie. Looks like they're with Elio, though. Yeah, Elio's mom? Randy's mom? Maybe. One is of them. Is she even somebody's mom? She looks really young. Yeah, she looks maybe too young to be a mom. Yeah. But uh, there's reporters everywhere. Yeah, Alice is there. Mad Dog and Veronica are in the background. It's yeah. right in front of Pops, so okay. FP is pissed. Jughead is punching Brian. And there will be a reckoning. Is that the, where is where this? Where is this? Looks like a- The junkyard. Yeah. Like junkyard Steve's junkyard. Yeah. Right, Steve? Yeah. With two, like, what, safes or filing I think it's a throne. or something in front? It might be a throne. Oh, yeah. It kind of looks like couches, actually, now that I look at it. I don't know. Like, over here, you see? Yeah. And then, and then obviously, like, the totem thing. And I assume that's Jughead and Brian. Um, Archie opening to Veronica's house, maybe? Kind it of must like. be. Betty in a red room, Jughead turning around Junkyard Steve, and uh, Josie's dad is back, which is crazy. I love it. I'm excited for this episode because I'm excited for FP to uh, rob a place. This episode um, looks much more interesting than this one. Agreed. Which I like. Agreed. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. Our music is Terminal by Good News Tunes. Um, uh, if you're so inclined, please write us a review on iTunes. We like those. And we also have a survey. It's just perpetually open. Um, it's in the description. Just tell us some things that you like about the show so we know what to keep doing and some things that you don't like so we know what to change. If you're a fan of The Chilling Adventures of Sabrina, we like to talk about that show too. And you can find it on this feed that Riverdale is also located on. Yes. Uh, all of season one is done, um, except for the Christmas special. Mm-hmm. And during the hiatus, we will be doing uh, season two. Yeah. If you're a fan of The 100, we like to talk about that show, too. It's coming back. Like, this, like, it's coming up. Yeah. Um, it's the reason why you're getting these a day late now. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. If you want to have Sundays and Mondays for aficionados for the next couple weeks. We got you. We got you. That's where it's going to be. If you're a fan of Lost, we like to talk about that show, too. We are in the middle of covering season two right now, and we've already done season one. Yes. And um, beginning of May is when the second half of season two will be starting to do. So I'm very excited to bring that back. If you're a fan of Stranger Things, we'd like to talk about that show too. Um, We're going to be finishing season one right before season three comes out. So uh, if you're trying to get a refresher, that's where you need to go. And please come to Sweet River Con. It is in November in Vancouver. You can get all of the info on unityevents.ca. Yes, we would love to see you there. Or is it unityeventscanada.com? You can get all of the info on uh, by Googling Unity Events Canada. Yeah. <laughs> um, you can follow at the Aficionados on Twitter, Facebook, Tumblr, Instagram, Rebable, YouTube, but mostly Twitter. I do work really hard on our Tumblr, though. Thanks. And our Patreon is patreon.com slash theaficionados. If you have a spare dollar, we would really appreciate it because this is expensive. It's yeah. very expensive. You you wouldn't think it's expensive, but it is. Yeah. Thanks. You can follow me personally at Robin E. Jeffrey. That's R-O-B-Y-N-E-J-E-F-F-R-E-Y pretty much everywhere. And you can follow me on Twitter at Abertania, which is B-R-I-T-T-A-N-I-A with an underscore at the end. The next episode is 319, which is called Fear the Reaper. Um, Don't Fear the Reaper is a song by American rock band Blue Oyster Cult written and sung by lead guitarist Donald Buck Dharma. Roser. The song is about the inevitability of death and the foolishness of fearing it and was written when Dharma was thinking about what would happen if he died at a young age. Lyrics such as Romeo and Juliet are together in eternity have led many listeners to interpret the song to be about a murder-suicide pact, but Dharma says the song is about eternal love rather than suicide. He used Romeo and Juliet as motifs to describe a couple believing they would meet again in the afterlife. But notice that the episode is not called Don't Fear the Reaper. It's literally, hey, you should be afraid of this. It's Fear the Reaper. Yeah. We are coming up on that season finale. We only have, after this episode, four episodes to go. Um, but really three episodes for the actual interesting episodes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The finale so. is never as big as the penultimate. We are on the climb up yep. to um, the finale. And I'm very excited about it. I'm ready. Uh, okay, so we'll see you guys next week. Okay, love you, bye. Okay, love you, bye.